Welcome back, Heming Brains, to the Brainiac Hemingway podcast of legends. We're talking about the episode chapter 119. Also, there's a lot to discuss. There's things happening. Everything's happening. Um, I mentioned yesterday that Chevalier posted about helping me out on the Patreon, patreon.com slash the Hemingway list, if you want to do that. There's been some comments that I've really liked, so I wanted to share. First of all, Kutili said... Uh, I must say thank you, Ander. Your work and dedication enriches my life and I hope I will contribute to yours one day. Sadly, I'm coming from a low-income country and I'm currently unemployed, so I haven't contributed materially, but I've been spreading the word about the Hemingway list and my friends and other potential readers and some of them have caught on. That's so cool. Word of mouth really does work. Also, if you ever find yourself in Serbia, I will gladly host you in my home and show you my homeland. That's so cool. My dream, my dream for this podcast is for it to grow to a point where I can travel around the world and just, just mooch, just mooch my way around the world by sleeping on everyone's couches. Um, <laughs> I think that's a pretty low bar to set, but I've got listeners all around the world. I know if I went to America, there'd be about a billion people there who would, um, I don't know, take me out for a beer. So that's pretty cool. But Serbia and um, what was the other one I just read momentarily ago? Oh, I don't know. I've confused myself. Anyway, (laughs) Lady Rostova said this. I was also surprised by the low amount of Patreons. I know, it's so surprising. Everyone should go to patreon.com slash the Hemingway list and just see how surprising it is. Uh, I'm a broke Middle Eastern person, unfortunately, and I don't have a credit card due to sanctions. But I will donate to a local charity for children's cancer in Anders' name. I hope that's fine. That is more than fine. That's really actually very cool. So thanks, guys, for the support. Thanks very, very much. Um, but, 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 what was I going to say? The other thing I was going to say. Oh, yeah, the next book we're reading is War and Peace. That's confirmed now. Um, people have been asking what version we're going to be reading. So I would say this. First of all, the Maud translation is available for free online at Project Gutenberg and on ebook stores and stuff. You can get it for free. It's a really good translation, the Maud one. That was the only translation that Tolstoy himself actually approved of. Um, but that's also partly because it was one of the only English translations that was created while he was still alive. So, you know, um, there are newer, more modern ones, which are really good too. Um, P and V is a good one, and there's another one that evades my mind. Um, but yeah, Maud, you can't go wrong with Maud. It's free and it's really, really good. Also, I am translating War and Peace into Aussie. And it is a bit silly, but it is line for line the book. Nothing's missing. The only thing that's added, I suppose, is it's a bit funny because there's some sort of Aussie colloquialisms in the narration. But other than that, everything else is period accurate. It's all historically accurate. It's the exact same book. So you could go with the Andalus translation. The only thing about that is it's not finished yet. My goal is I've just had this idea and I think this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tee this up for next year. I've got the first book. Book one of 16. War and Peace has 16 books. I don't know if you knew that. Book one is complete. So you can read book one in the Andalus translation. When we get to book two, I'd like to have finished book two by the time we get to book two. And I'd like to have finished book three by the time we get to book three and so on. 
but that's going to take some doing. And so I'm trying to figure out how's the best way to do that for me to be able to write. I can easily translate one chapter per day so I can stay ahead of you guys by doing that. But it just it's just a matter of will I be able to do that? Will I be able to in terms of like will I have time and will I be able to afford that time? So, um, yeah, we're going to sort some stuff out with the Patreon and stuff and see if we can make that happen because it would be really cool if we could... If you want to, you can choose the Andalus translation to read in 2021. I think that would be awesome. Um, more stuff. We've got a lot of admin to get. It's that time of the year when we've really got to figure out what we're doing. So one other thing I was going to say is uh, we're still trying to figure out what to do in these two weeks between we're about to finish of Human Bondage and we're not starting our next book until the 1st of Jan. So we've got a couple of weeks free. What are we going to do? Uh, Swims to the Mumfish, he says, I would like to read O. Henry's short story called The Gift of the Magi. Uh, it's my absolute, totally favorite Christmas story. That's a good idea. That's a short story. It has 14 pages. I looked it up earlier today. It is in the public domain, so we can read it. So I like that idea. That can be one day or maybe two days. We can fill by doing that. Um, so I reckon we should do that. Uh, I don't think we should do all Christmas things, though, because we are listeners all around the world, and I'm pretty sure quite a substantial amount of listeners aren't celebrating Christmas. So that's cool. We don't have to do sort of Christmas themes, more holiday themes. Jan Brunt said, My friends-in-law read Tolkien's Father Christmas stories every holiday season. I'd be into that. That's a cool idea, too, but I think those would be copyrighted, so we might not be able to do that. Uh, Acoustic Eels says, why don't we read some of the man himself? Hemingway wrote some short stories, it looks like. That's a cool idea. I reckon we could get away with it, but I do think that those are still in copyright. I don't think they're public domain. I reckon if we just did it, I honestly don't think any anything would happen. But technically speaking, they are copyrighted, so we can't legally. But if you look at like the podcasting app that I use and browse through like the literature section there's all these audiobooks there's like harry potter audiobooks unofficial ones and all this so people just just do it anyway so i don't know so those are some ideas for how we can fill these few weeks um we can read some poems we can read some sonnets uh we can just sort of go day by day and 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 muck around a bit could be a bit of fun all right um yeah cool so i think i've covered everything Sorry there's so much admin at the start of today's episode, but like I said, it's just that time of year. Chapter 119. These are the discussion prompts. Discussion prompt one. And there it is. End of discussion prompt. Um, Yeah, so whoever guessed that Sally and Philip would end up together, um, I can't remember who it was that said that. You absolutely called it. You nailed it. Uh, and I think it's kind of weird because wasn't Sally like a kid like not long ago? Swim said the mumfish, she said, so we will be spending next year on war and peace. In the immortal words of Mildred, I don't mind. <laughs> uh, you know what I found so funny is that when Philip asked Sally if he, she would like to kiss him, she said, I don't mind. And it just made me, it just sent a cringe down my spine. If you can have a cringe in your spine, I f- feel like I had one there. Um, because she just mimicked Mildred's words. I don't mind. Couldn't she have said anything else? Why did she have to say that? Anyway, um, 
I like that the only discussion on today's chapter was about the fact that we're reading War and Peace next year. No one's got anything to say about the book we're actually reading. We're all too excited to move on. I am really excited to dive back into War and Peace. It is one of my favorite books. Um, so, very, 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 very cool. I am stalling while I swap to the next chapter. Here we go. Chapter 120. Goes like this. Philip slept like a log and awoke with a start to find Harold tickling his face with a feather. There was a shout of delight when he opened his eyes. He was drunken with sleep. Come on, lazy bones, said Jane. Sally says she won't wait for you unless you hurry up. Then he remembered what had happened. His heart sank and half of a bed and half out of bed already he stopped. He did not know how he was going to face her. He was overwhelmed with a sudden rush of self-reproach, and bitterly, bitterly he regretted what he had done. What would she say to him that morning? He dreaded meeting her, and he asked himself how he could have been such a fool. But the children gave him no time. Edward took his bathing drawers and his towel, Athelstan tore the bedclothes away, and in three minutes they all clattered down into the road. Sally gave him a smile. It was as sweet and innocent as it had ever been. You do take your time to dress yourself, she said. I thought you was never coming. There was no not a part, there was not a particle of difference in her manner. He had expected some change, subtle or abrupt. He fancied that there would be shame in the way she treated him, or anger, or perhaps some increase of familiarity, but there was nothing. She was exactly the same as before. They walked towards the sea altogether, talking and laughing, and Sally was quiet, but she was always that, reserved, but he had never seen her otherwise, and gentle. She neither sought conversation with him nor avoided it. Philip was astounded. He had expected the incident of the night before to have caused some revolution in her, but it was just as though nothing had happened. It might have been a dream, and as he walked along, a little girl holding on to one hand and a little boy to the other... While he chatted as unconcernedly as he could, he sought for an explanation. He wondered whether Sally meant the affair to be forgotten. Perhaps her senses had run away with her, just as his had, and treating what had occurred as an accident due to unusual circumstances, it might be that she had decided to put her, put the matter out of her mind. It was ascribing to her a power of thought and a mature wisdom which fitted neither with her age nor with her character, but he realised that he knew nothing of her. There had been in her always something enigmatic. They played leapfrog in the water, and the bathe was as uproarious as on the previous day. Sally mothered them all, keeping a watchful eye on them and calling to them when they went out too far. She swam staidly backwards and forwards while the others got up to their larks, and now and then turned on her back to float, Presently she went out and began drying herself. She called to the others, more or less peremptorily, and at last only Philip was left in the water. He took the opportunity to have a good hard swim. He was more used to the cold water this second morning, and he reveled in its salt freshness. It rejoiced him to use his limbs freely, and he covered the water with long, firm strokes. But Sally, with a towel around her, went down to the water's edge. You ought to come out this minute, Philip, she called, as though he were a small boy under her charge. And when, smiling with amusement of her authoritative way, he came towards her, she upbraided him. 
It is naughty of you to stay in so long. Your lips are quite blue, and just look at your teeth, they're chattering. All right, I'll come out. She had never talked to him in that manner before. It was as though what had happened gave her a sort of right over him, and she looked upon him as a child to be cared for. In a few minutes, they were dressed, and they started to walk back. Sally noticed his hands. Just look, they're quite blue. Oh, that's all right. It's only circulation. I shall get the blood back in a minute. Give them to me. She took his hands in hers and rubbed them, first one and then the other, till the colour returned. Philip touched and puzzled, watched her. He could not say anything to her on account of the children, and he did not meet her eyes, but he was sure they did not avoid his purposely. It just happened that they did not meet. And during the day, there was nothing in her behaviour to suggest a consciousness in her that anything had passed between them. Perhaps she was a little more talkative than usual. When they were all sitting again in the hop field, she told her mother how naughty Philip had been in not coming out of the water till he was blue with cold. It was incredible, and yet it seemed that the only effect of the incident of the night before was to arouse in her a feeling of protection towards him. She had the same instinctive desire to mother him as she had with regard to her brothers and sisters. It was not till the evening that he found himself alone with her. She was cooking the supper, and Philip was sitting on the grass by the side of the fire. Mrs. Athelney had gone down to the village to do some shopping, and the children were scattered in various pursuits of their own. Philip hesitated to speak. He was very nervous. Sally attended to her business with serene competence, and she accepted placidly the silence which to him was so embarrassing. He did not know how to begin. Sally seldom spoke unless she was spoken to or had something particular to say. At last, she could not bear it any longer. You're not angry with me, Sally, he blurted out suddenly. She raised her eyes quietly and looked at him with emotion, without emotion, sorry. Me? No. Why should I be? He was taken aback and did not reply. She took the lid off the pot, stirred the contents, and put it on again. A savoury smell spread over the air. She looked at him once more, with a quiet smile which barely separated her lips. It was more a smile of the eyes. I always liked you, she said. His heart gave a great thump against his ribs, and he felt the blood rushing to his cheeks. He forced a faint laugh. I didn't know that. That's because you're silly. I don't know why you liked me. I don't either. She put a little more wood on the fire. I knew I liked you that day you came when you'd been sleeping out and hadn't had anything to eat. Do you remember? And me and mother, we got Thorpey's bed ready for you. He flashed again, for he did not know that she was aware of that incident. He remembered it himself with horror and shame. That's why I wouldn't have anything to do with the others. You remember that young fellow mother wanted me to have? I let him come to tea because he bothered so, but I knew I'd say no. Philip was so surprised that he found nothing to say. There was a queer feeling in his heart. He did not know what it was, unless it was happiness. Sally stirred the pot once more. I wish those children would make haste and come. I don't know where they've got to. Supper's ready now. Shall I go and see if I can find them? said Philip. It was a relief to talk about practical things. Well, it wouldn't be a bad idea, I must say. There's mother coming. Then, as he got up, she looked at him without embarrassment. Shall I come for a walk with you tonight when I've put the children to bed? Yes. Well, you wait for me down by the stile, and I'll come when I'm ready. He waited under the stars, sitting on the stile, and the hedges with their ripening blackberries were high on each side of him. From the earth rose rich scents of the night, and the air was soft and still. Still, 
His heart was beating madly. He could not understand anything of what happened to him. He associated passion with cries and tears and vehemence, and there was nothing of this in Sally. But he did not know what else but passion could have caused her to give herself. But passion for him? He would not have been surprised if she had fallen to her cousin Peter Gann, tall, spare and straight, with his sunburnt face and long, easy stride. Philip wondered what she saw in him. He did not know if she loved him as he reckoned love, and yet he was convinced of her purity. She, he had a vague inkling that many things had combined, things that she felt, though was unconscious of, the intoxication of the air and the hops and the night, the healthy instincts of the natural woman, the tenderness that overflowed, and an, an affection that had in it something maternal and something sisterly. She gave all that she had to give because her heart was full of charity. He heard a step on the road and a figure came out of the darkness. Sally, he murmured. She stopped and came to the stile and with her came sweet, clean odours of the countryside. She seemed to carry with her the scents of the new mown hay and the savour of ripe hops and the freshness of young grass. Her lips were soft and full against his and her lovely, strong body was firm within his arms. Milk and honey, he said, you're like milk and honey. He made her close her eyes and kissed her eyelids, first one and then the other. Her arm, strong and muscular, was bare to the elbow. He passed his hand over it and wondered at its beauty. It gleamed in the darkness. She had the skin that Rubens painted, astonishingly fair and transparent, and on one side were little golden hairs. It was the arm of a Saxon goddess, but no immortal had that exquisite, homely naturalness. And Philip thought of a cottage garden with the dear flowers which bloom in all men's hearts, and the hollyhock, and the red and the white rose, which is called York and Lancaster, and of love in a mist of in a mist and sweet William, and honeysuckle, larkspur, and London pride. How can you care for me? He said. I'm insignificant and crippled and ordinary and ugly. She took his face in both her hands and kissed his lips. You're an old silly, that's what you are, she said. Ah, oh, that's sweet. There you go, another chapter for you. Sally, you're too nice for Philip. You're too good for Phil. I feel like I shouldn't say that this late. We should be rooting for Phil by now, but that's what I feel like. But I am glad that Phil's found a nice young girl, and I will emphasize that she is quite young. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Have your say at the th subreddit, and I'll see you tomorrow.